Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, I, I, I gotta tell you, when I scheduled this, I didn't, I didn't expect to talk about coordinators. Can't we be happy just for like a minute? Is that uh, is that possible? <laughs> one normal day, just one normal day, just one normal day. Uh, I, my favorite part about this whole thing is how he lit the school on fire on his way out. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast, a uh, hand egg version of the Touchline Media Group, who you can find at touchlinefraca.co.uk. They're nice to us. They occasionally share their breakfast tacos. Uh, this, I am your host, uh, Asa, aka The Twig, um, and I am joined by a panel of our experts. We have we have West Coast experts, we have Upper Midwest experts, we have pro experts, we have college experts, all sorts of expertise on the pod, um, which is brought to you by whoever Blue Wire decides to put in this episode. Um, we're, we're, we're hopeful that it's, it's going to be uh, some, some fun folks. Uh, and uh, the Smith Workforce Management Group, for all of your business law needs, check out the Smith Workforce Management Group. Uh, they do all sorts of law. They do uh, corporate law, transactional law, some m a you know it, it's it's whatever comes up but uh we are recording at 315 320 on uh february 6th which means that it's the pro bowl and since the pro bowl is super important uh we're not going to talk about it at all uh and so in that light we are joined by uh our good friends uh angus how you doing angus from uh i was happy and then josh gaddis decided to like deuces to the tire fire that is Miami so yep so from the no from longer the, happy from the, from the swamp we we have Angus from uh the upper midwest in presumably a casino we've got Nick our uh local gambling and NFL expert Nick how are we doing I'm doing great I was holding a, a 40 to 1 Josh Gaddis to Miami to, no I'm just joking so <laughs> I don't <laughs> And uh, from the, uh, I assume Broad Street, but I'm never entirely sure where in Philadelphia Tim is because, you know, it's always sunny. But Tim, how are we? We're doing well. Broad Street's really just a state of mind that, you know, you can be in everywhere and nowhere at the same time. I assume through the magic of alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there other magic? I'm not aware. So I, uh, so, so. We are here to talk about the coaching carousel. We are here to talk about how um, coaches can leave and not get accused of uh, ruining the spirit of the game for some reason in college football. And then we'll, we'll get to the pro stuff because the pro stuff is uh, significantly more contained and for some reason more coherent this year. 
um, which is not always the case. But um, I want to start with the news of the day. Um, heading into this episode, we, we knew that this was going to be the Coach and Carousel episode. Um, and I assumed that we would be talking about Jim Harbaugh leaving. We had an entire emergency podcast about it. He didn't leave, didn't get the offer. But you know who did get the offer? Josh Gaddis. Josh Gaddis, lateral move to Miami, um, joining Mario Cristobal, who I promise we'll talk about, Tim. Uh, but uh, so, Angus, how are you feeling about losing your Broyles Award winning assistant? That good, huh? Not great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, like, it's not. It's not amazing. Uh, I, I hope my my hope now is that there isn't uh, too much other fallout from him leaving. I assume like one of the receivers will probably go with him. Uh, it obviously it's entirely possible that either McNamara or uh, or JJ go with him, but who knows? I I mean on the on the QB topic, I think. Um, I think like QBs in general, they're still like under the impression that like going to Michigan, then you get to, you get to work under Harbaugh. So it's not necessarily about like working with Gaddis. It's about working with Harbaugh. It's about working with Weiss. Uh, so I don't, I don't think he'll, it's possibly snacked with him, but I don't, I don't think so. Um, uh, in terms of like who steps into that, that role though that's going to be challenging for Harbaugh, especially after his like recent miscommunications with people on the staff, which I also assume is why he, why Gattis left. I, so, I, mean, I don't want to say recent. His, he has a career of this, of not talking. About oh yeah, people. totally. Um, but yeah, so, so, so I mean, I think that like trying to hoard uh, higher coordinators in the middle of February, uh, two of them is always good. It's always fun. Um, so, so Nick, you were, you were actually the one who, who shared this news in the group chat this morning. Um, so we, we, we talked about like, why would Gaddis leave? Um, and th- there were, there were a number of theories thrown around, but, um, why would you want to leave Ann Arbor and move to Miami as a young assistant? Well, I just said the weather. Is that what you're going for here? I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I, I like I, I got to tell you like I, I think that like this whole thing and and it actually brings me to Mario Cristobal which was was actually the the thing I wanted to talk about um, first until Gaddis decided to light Michigan on fire with a series of text messages talking about how much he hated the administration which Michigan's administration's not having a good week month year decade how 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 far back are we going with the athletic administration not being great pre-Dave Brandon? Not being, well, it depends on your definition of great. Uh, you know, they, they've had a, a couple of successful coaching hires and whatnot. Is Mel uh, Pearson but if you want to get into the other stuff that we don't talk about in this podcast, that's not good. It's not great. <laughs> not great. Um, uh, I don't know. I think it's all right. <laughs> so, I, I lived through the Dave Brandon era, so that was not fun. I, I would say that this is better than that. So I'm all right. Okay. That's, that's, that's fair. But, but Tim, so obviously he's going to join Mario Cristobal in Miami. Um, Mario Cristobal was recently a coach of yours. How, how are you feeling about uh, your uh, undergrad and your, your, your grad schools losing uh, coaches to the same place in the same uh, carousel? Yeah. I mean, everybody kind of came to terms with the fact that Mario Cristobal was going to leave Oregon because it was like the world's worst kept secret that he wanted to go back to Miami. And Diaz just was clearly not going to be holding that job down for any sort of long period of time. So everybody kind of like knew what was going to happen eventually. I think people really aren't that mad about Cristobal leaving because like you look at what Justin Herbert's done in the NFL, you look at like what the the quarterback position has been under Cristobal and the offense in general, despite the fact that they've like cycled through coordinators and it was just like really uninspired offensive football that seemed to really underutilize and like not get nearly the results out of very good players that I think that there's almost like a degree of optimism that the new coaching staff is going to be able to like unlock the potential 
of some of the guys that are on the roster more than Cristobal was. Well, anytime you want to unlock an offense and specifically the quarterback position, you, you go to Georgia coordinators because they are known for their high flying. Yeah. And D- D- defensive, defensive coordinators, no less that, that was, I mean, like landing does like come in and like kind of like salvage the recruiting class and, you know, we'll see what he does with like coaching the team up, but it was really weird to see Oregon hire a defensive guy that, that just like not at all in line with what, you know, the brand is. And, and I, I will say there was that, like, there was that funny, like two days where Chip Kelly was going to go back to Oregon and everybody on all sides of this, like from the NFL, from Oregon, from UCLA was like, why would you do that? That seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, I mean, he got like a contract extension and raise out of that leverage. So, you know, good for him, but no one was like clamoring for him to come back. Everybody has very fond memories of Chip Kelly and likes Chip Kelly, but no one was like, let's play that one again. And and especially as a Philly fan, like I, I feel like the the rose tinted glasses as they relate to Chip Kelly don't exist for you people it's kind of funny like people in philadelphia really hate chip kelly but i think they also just have like kind of forgotten that he was like about the chip kelly era it's something that just like it's like oh yeah it was andy reed and you know then it was doug peterson and you're like no no, no there, there's another guy in there and you're like oh yeah shit that's right the, the the chip kelly you know we're we're gonna do the the college take our offensive linemen and put them at wide receiver and have only the center on the o-line in the nfl because you know that's a great idea when you have a $30 million quarterback. Yeah, of course. Uh, and to be fair, Philly has never won with their $30 million quarterback, only with backups and rookies. I mean, the Jaguars made Nick Foles like a $30 million quarterback. That's fair. But we'll get to the Jags and Doug Peterson later, apparently, because we're just running back uh, 2019 uh, Philadelphia, or 2017, I guess, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is fine. So obviously like there was a lot of, of weirdness in this year's coaching carousel, like the, the Harbaugh dalliance with Michigan. But um, this was also the first year that I can remember. We, we, we talked about it a little bit that like marquee programs lost their head coaches to other marquee programs. Um, specifically, I'm talking about, of course, Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma and Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame. So of, of the, 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 like the spite, of, of this whole thing. Um, what would you think like the funniest fan base to lose their coach to a lateral hire would be? Because I was thinking like, like Oklahoma has been super petty about this and like, has like felt as if they are like a, a scorned divorcee. Um, Notre Dame doesn't seem to be all that pissed about losing Brian Kelly because Brian Kelly has no friends um, and, and humiliates himself to lose recruits to Alabama. But like, I was, I was thinking that like, you know, a, and we've seen like Jimbo Fisher left Florida state to, to, to go to a, a ostensibly lateral job. Um, I was thinking Ohio state would not react well to Ryan day going to like Texas. Like wh- who do you think like would be like the pettiest fan base about this? Yeah. If Ryan day took, I don't know, the Panthers job when they fire <laughs> Matt rule. Is that a lateral move? I don't know if that counts. Well, yeah, I right. Mean, like, I mean, I'm, I was just picking like a bad NFL job and calling it a lateral move compared to Ohio State, <laughs> even though it's not. The NFL is better. I agree. Yeah, I mean, like, like you, you can't really like get on a, a coach for even taking like a crappy NFL job. Um, but like Ryan Day going to Texas, or um, you know, obviously Nick Saban's never leaving Alabama, but you know, of the marquee jobs, and there's like ten of them. Um, like, I, I think that the fan base that like would react the poorest would be Texas. Like, imagine if Texas had a good coach, um, which they don't, and they have it in 12 years. Um, but like, imagine like them losing a, a Lincoln Riley to, to USC and, and how quickly that would implode itself, especially as they enter the SEC. I actually sort of give, give Oklahoma credit for not flipping out harder. I think when Dabo leaves Clemson, I think they're going to be petty beyond belief. Yeah. Dabo's ever going to leave Clemson. Oh, he's going to Bama. Yeah, he's going to Bama. <laughs> when? 
when Saban leaves. Uh, no, 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 no. Saban, in, in his deal with the devil, like, is never dying. No, no, he's not going to die. He's just going to become AD. Hmm. Will he? He might be the, no, he might be the first AD slash coach since, like, Yost. Uh, Bo was, Bo was both. Oh, yeah, that's right. Wow. And, and, Sorry about that. Wow. Uh, Bad so times. He over, so he oversaw that from multiple different chairs. Yep. Yep. He had Yikes. he had he had a lot of control back in the day. We're uh, we're not talking about that, right? Right, guys. Right. 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 Yeah, Bo. Uh, maybe don't build statues of people uh, in general. And if those <laughs> statues need to be brought down for any particular reason, uh, you know, maybe don't bitch about it. Maybe just do it and and not deify uh, shitty people from the '60s. Be them the 1960s or the 1860s either way you don't have to have statues of people it's fine um but uh Sabin I think has a statue and uh I th- I, th- I mean Dabo's Dabo's going to to Bama when when Sabin retires but like do, do you think Clemson would like get it because like he's going home so to speak I just I, I think they're gonna freak out when it happens and I feel like as far as like fan base pettiness goes, I am amazed that Notre Dame fans did not freak out more. Like what in their mind, why should anyone ever leave Notre Dame for anything? And like it happened. And I think it's a testament to just like how much people hate Brian Kelly that they've been so okay with it. Yeah. I mean, that says a lot more about Brian Kelly than it does about the Notre Dame fan base. Like I know Notre Dame fans, they're the worst. Um, But, but like Brian Kelly's really, really awful um like without getting into like the actual like potentially felonious things that he's done um like he's just like an impossible person to work for uh and it's crazy because he's like he was like a perfect cultural fit for Notre Dame and was there for what like 10 years yeah god he's been there for a long time um and then they they hired uh everybody's cool older brother in Marcus Freeman who I really wanted and now it's uh fun times at, at Notre Dame. Um, the other, the other, well, here's, here's actually a fun one. Um, do you guys remember Jeff Tedford? <laughs> I mean, I, I do. <laughs> Nick, I, I, I assume you remember Tedford for the uh, Tedford quarterback thing where every quarterback who Jeff Tedford sent to the NFL sucked. Um, except for Aaron Rodgers, right? Except for Aaron Rodgers, right. He was, well, the reason he dropped uh, allegedly was because people were like, we're not doing Kyle Bowler again. And that was a, a hilarious draft. <laughs> that aged. That was Raven, well. right? <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Bowler was the one who was going to make the, uh, the Ravens a high flying offense. Oof. Spoiler alert, he did not. <laughs> wow. Wasn't that the, like, the Byron Leftwich draft? Uh, it could have been, was Bowler, Bowler was the same year at, was the year before the Manning Roethlisberger draft, I think. I'm going to look this up. I thought that the Bowler draft had like five first round quarterbacks that everybody was like gaga over, including Sims. And I think it was like Leftwich, Bowler, maybe, was that, and Carson Palmer, and I, I don't remember who the fifth one was. You are correct. So the, the quarterbacks in that draft were Carson Palmer uh, hit. Uh, the number two draft in that uh, draft, just for everybody's reference, is Charles Rogers. Um, seventh pick was uh, Byron Leftwich, who probably should be the head coach of Jacksonville, but certain things happen in the NFL that make it so that certain people have a tougher job, time getting jobs than others based on things that they shouldn't. Um, but the other quarterbacks from that draft, Kyle Bowler, Rex Grossman, and Grossman. yeah, and the next quarterback, and and so those were those were the four. Um, and somehow Kyle Bowler had the worst career of those four, um, which is a testament to Jeff Tedford. But the reason I bring up Jeff Tedford is he's back. He is the new head coach of Fresno State. Um, so in case you're wondering if if only the NFL does retreads, nope, nope, they're uh they're going to bring Jeff Tedford back to Fresno state. Uh, he, he's coached Fresno state before, correct? Yeah, he has. He was the, he was the head coach for them. When Derek Carr was there. Yep. He, okay. he, uh, he, he's had a, a funny career um, because he just like sort of like 
sticked around for like three, the last three years. Like he, he was the, the head coach at, no, he was actually not the head coach for Derek Carr. He was the offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator. Okay. So he, he, he got you, he brought you uh, David Carr. He brought you Achilles Smith, um, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers in 2014. Um, the uh, head coach of the British Columbia Lions uh, in Vancouver for a year. He was an offensive consultant on that uh, that Washington team, which means that he is responsible for who's that quarterback? The 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 2016 Washington quarterback who went to the Titans and sucked. Jake something. Locker. That's the one. Oh yeah, that. Jake Locker is hilarious because he was trash in college. And I, I like the fact that he was so hyped up was always hilarious to me because he like he couldn't hit a 10 yard curl route. He'd he'd skip the ball to the wide receiver. People he's got a great arm. And you're like, I'm not sure he could hit a target. Uh so he's he's a good example. And and Tim and I have talked about this before that like every single NFL coaching staff needs to have a guy on staff who just watches college football. And like that guy would have, would have led you astray on Josh Allen for sure. But he also would have gotten you Deshaun Watson, which again, off the field stuff aside, like would have worked. Lamar Jackson would have gotten you Lamar Jackson. Um, Probably would have Russell Wilson would have gone before the third round. Um, Kirk Cousins still would have gone in the fourth round because college football would have looked at Kirk Cousins as like, eh, eh, not great. Um, although he's still sticking around. Matt Stafford still would have gone number one, but Tedford quarterbacks, um, he's, he's got an entire uh, part of his Wikipedia devoted to it. And it is just not a great list. Uh, Trent Dilfer, David Carr, Akili Smith, jo- Joey Harrington, Kyle Bowler, Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, one and a half hits, depending on how you want to look at Trent Dilfer. <laughs> Do, do we see Dilfer as a, as a success of Jeff Tedford's? No. Uh, rel- relative to the others, yes. <laughs> like, it, it's bad when, like, your, your, your median quarterback there is, what, Achilles Smith? <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Um, so, but he, he's good at running backs, I guess. I mean, Marshawn Lynch is as Justin Forsett. Um, so the only other quarterback I want to talk about here is, is, is another example of, like, um like like uh, occasionally you should just hire guys who who have been good at their jobs um and in, instead of like trying to go out and hit home runs and billy napier got the florida job and florida did something um interesting which is they went and they found a guy who was good at coaching and then they hired that guy um which is something that the nfl struggles with like you would think that like like it's like that moneyball quote like if he's a good coach why doesn't he coach good um and billy da- napier coach is good and like after florida went through like jim McElwain and dan mullen and ron zook like I, I feel like this is like a good example of like hey maybe we should just try to hire someone who's good not someone who like vaguely worked with nick saban once where dan mullen was good dan mullen was definitionally mediocre at mississippi state he had dak prescott outside of that he was fine well it depends on your on your definition uh, like Mississippi State was terrible before him, and he like did something in Mississippi State. So he got that Prescott. Yeah, whatever he did, I I, I I'm in complete agreement. You got to give him like two thumbs up for the job he did at Mississippi State. Fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> fine, fine. But uh, but he and and his his offense uh didn't work at Florida, and also he he like vaguely made reference to not recruiting midseason, which I thought was funny. But um, the the Florida job, I think, is is one that's actually a lot harder than than people think. So I, I actually want to get your, your guys' take on this. Like Florida is always considered like a plum job, but I actually think that like it's quasi impossible because you have you split your own state with the entire country, but certainly with Miami and Florida State. And you have to deal in your own division with Georgia and you have a permanent a semi permanent crossover with think texas a&m like that's not an easy job no when you put it like that no <laughs> um yeah but, like i mean 
yeah, I get that they like split their state with a lot of people, but like there is so much talent in Florida and like they really do have the inside track even relative to the other Florida schools. Do they? I mean, if you're if you're a kid from Florida, do do you really prefer going to Florida over Miami or Florida State? I mean, I feel like I would much prefer the other two. Like just from like a coolness perspective, like when has Florida ever been cool? Even when they were good, it was like Tim Tebow's team, right? Like the cool Miami teams are the coolest teams of all time. And the cool Florida state teams were like Deion Sanders. Like, is it cool? I think Florida gets to recruit. I think Florida gets to recruit on being in the SEC, which I mean, it's not nothing, you know, the, the ACC is, kind of a dumpster fire of a conference which i know is silly coming from a pac-12 fan but um they're they're not real strong and the sec is very strong yeah but like if you're gonna go to the sec and you're good enough to go to florida that means you're good enough probably to go to georgia or bama or Auburn. are you staying in in state staying home to you know play for a local team yeah, but, like, again, like, if you're talking about, like, a kid from Miami, like, it's not that much further for, to Tuscaloosa than it is to to um, Gainesville. Like, Gainesville's really far north. Got to draw a state line somewhere. <laughs> it, would, would you call that the Florida-Georgia line? I, I would. I would. Thank you for getting that. Yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're, we, we, we try our best over here. Um, and do you know who else tries their best? This sponsor. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we, uh, that we have our, our good friends over at whatever company to, to be with us today. Um, so I, I want to go now to the, uh, to the NFL. Um, and I, I don't like talking about serious things, but like it's worth mentioning that um, the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins is currently suing the NFL for racism. And he's got like a good point. And uh, I don't think that there has been an African-American head coach hired this cycle. Is that, is that correct? Uh, Yeah. No, I don't think so. So yeah, like, you know, like I said, like there are, there are podcasts and there are uh, mediums that talk about these things and, and you should read them and listen to them. Um, We're here for the jokes. Um, And, but, but like, I I think it's the, the, the one thing I do want to talk about in terms of that is just Hugh Jackson talk um, came out and said, that he, you know, he was also offered money to tank. Um, and then like the Bengals came back and, and said something to the effect or the, the Browns came back and said something to the effect of like, uh, yeah, you left. And then we suddenly went five and three. I don't, I don't think it was a tanking thing. I think it was a, you're a bad coach thing, but anyways, let's talk about the Jaguars because this is a Jaguars pod. Nick, how do you feel about Doug Peterson? I'm, I'm good with Doug Peterson. Like, I think he deserves another chance to be a head coach. Like he's a okay hire, but like, we all know that it seemed like Leftwich was going to be the, the guy. And he basically put it out there that he was not going to take the job if they retained Trent Balky and, and they did. And then they went with Peterson. So, I mean, it, it's just like a thing. Like it is what it is. Like with the NFL owners, like you have the the Rooney rule, you know, every time they're interviewing for a job, they have to interview an African-American candidate and they still don't uh, hardly ever hire them. So, um, you know, it's terrible, but it's like, it's not something like this is a, a huge moment. This Brian Flores lawsuit, because um, every other time that it, like stuff like this gets brought up, um, there's no like possibility for, for change. And like, who knows if he's going to win this lawsuit or not. Right. Um, but like you look at the league and like Roger Goodell, like in the league office, 
there's there's plenty of uh, minorities and and um, not white dudes in every suite <laughs> in the league office. It's because Roger Goodell, you know, it's he he's not an owner. He can't make them do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, like I think that there's like a misunderstanding of who works for whom. In, in in terms of Roger Goodell and the owners, like Roger Goodell exists so that the owners don't have to go in front of a podium. Like his, it's his job to take crap so that the owners can do whatever they want, right? Like Stephen Ross can give $100,000 per loss to Brian Flores, allegedly. Um, but like, it's Roger Goodell who has to like pretend to care about it, even though he didn't do it. Right, exactly. So like, and you've even seen like with the more recent NFL statements in the last couple of days, they have backed off that initial statement that came out, which said that the lawsuit did not have merit, I believe the claims didn't had no merits, um, something like that. So um, you've seen them kind of back off of that. And I, I kind of am thinking that the owners pressured the league to put that statement out. And then since then, they've been able to kind of massage the situation a little bit with the owners. (laughs) Um, So like, like, you know, like progress, you know, people want, (laughs) you know, they want, they don't want, you know, a little bit of progress. They want the whole thing. And that's not like just based on history. That's just not how anything works. So you know, a guy like this, this is a huge sacrifice, uh, Brian Flores. Uh, this guy is like a rising star. Yeah, um, and he's or, done. You know, should be in um, with coaching. And like, you know, I, I think Stephen Ross, one of the biggest mistakes, and I think no matter what happens with this lawsuit, I think Stephen Ross should lose his team. Um, and one of the biggest mistakes he ever made uh, was not getting to know Brian Flores at all. If you listen to this guy talk for five minutes, this is not a guy uh, who you would ever pay to lose NFL games intentionally. He is, he's a man of principle, and yeah. uh, he should be admired for that big time. And the, the crazy thing about Flores, beyond everything else, was he was a good coach. Like, like it's not like he was like, again, like you talk about like waiting for like the perfect uh messenger for a point right and brian flores was a good coach like i i think that the dolphins were better having had him than not and literally the the only bad thing that he did was he spoke up about the fact that justin herbert is better than Tua Tagovailoa. like should he have done that mid-game probably not but like that like his big sin was that he was right and 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 got shouted down about it um so i like I think that that sort of like that brings us to like the, the, the dolphins job such as it is um, like they, they're likely going to hire Mike McDaniel from, from the 49ers. Who's great. We love him. He's funny. Um, he looks like, what, what was the, like, like he looks like a, like a gamer. Um, like, a, yeah, like, I think he looks, he looks kind of <laughs> like David Cross in the nineties. That's a good shout. Um <laughs> It's it's weird that that I mean, can we call him to Coach Tobias? Like, is that too late in David Cross's career to? Uh... Well, yeah, because he has because he looks like David Cross with hair. David Cross so. with hair, right? So you can't do Tobias Funke. Um, so the the uh the Dolphins job like will go to a, a, apparently a, a non-white guy because as Deadspin will remind you at the top of that article, uh, he's not white. But the, the other jobs like went to like a series of, I don't know, like predictables. I like, I'm not sure why Josh McCown is getting a job. Like, I, I don't know what he's done that, that makes me think that he would be a good coach. Um, but that's the Texans and the Texans are going to Texan things, I guess. I don't, I don't like, I don't really know what the, like the plan is there. I think the bull case with Josh McCown is that he hung around in the league for a really long time as a quarterback you know, those, you, you could absorb a lot uh, doing that. And then also uh, they were floating him uh, before they hired David Cully last year. So they've been interested in him for a while. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess like the thought is, is like, if you're a quarterback for long enough, like you understand what it takes to be a successful quarterback. 
And like, that's the game in the NFL, right? Like if you have a successful quarterback, you you're going to get pretty far. Um, if you have a successful offense anyways. Um, so, so given that the, 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 the game here is, is hiring quarterbacks. Um, obviously the Vikings are going to hire uh, the pride of, of Southern California, Kevin O'Connell. Um, Tim, do you have any thoughts on Kevin O'Connell? Uh, I mean, he was, uh, I remember watching him play when I was in eighth grade and he was a senior at the high school I was about to go to. Um, he was very bad as a quarterback at SDSU and somehow I think was like a third round pick in the Patriots, which was just kind of funny. I was like, this guy like wasn't very good. Um, I, he's bounced around a lot. I mean, I wasn't he the coordinator on like one of the Washington teams at some point and everybody was like drooling over him and they were still like a six win team. I, yeah. He, uh, he's, he's been around. I mean, he's only like 37, 38. Um, and he's the Rams offensive coordinator, which means that he gets the Sean McVay runoff. Um, and if Matt Nagy is any indication, you always want to hire the offensive coordinator of a good offensive team, right, Nick? Well, yeah. And, and Kingsbury is a, <laughs> is a McVay guy too, right? Right. Yeah. It always works out. Um, what work does he, are, the are we counting him as a McVay guy or a failed college coach? Uh, go ahead, Tim. I thought that like when they hired him, did they like put a blurb in the announcement? They're like, oh, and he's friends with Sean McVay, as though that was like part of his credentials. Yeah, that <laughs> it was... was in the press release. Yeah, it was in the tweet. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like you Kevin... hung out with Sean McVay at a party once for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, and that's where we are. I mean, like the the only other like really like, and again, like Brian DeBall to to the Giants is like great. It'll either work or it won't, and in three years we'll be in the same spot. Um, Ken Dorsey was a quarterback at Miami. Now he's the offensive coordinator for the bills. Great. That'll be fun. Um, the most interesting hire and, and it's the one I, I left for last for a reason, uh, is the Denver hire. Um, they hired what, what, what's his name? Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. So, uh, Hey Nick, why did so they hire Paul Hackett? Why, why did they hire Nathaniel Hackett? <laughs> they hired Nathaniel Hackett because they're about to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Right. Right. Um, I, I mean, Hackett, Hackett was, I mean, he was a good offensive coordinator, I guess, but mostly he's, he's friends with Aaron Rodgers, right? Like that's the thing. Like talking about friends. Well, he had Blake, he had Blake Bortles 10 minutes away from the Super Bowl. I mean, that's worthwhile. That's, 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 pretty, that's a that's, fair point. Really impressive. <laughs> that, that's really impressive. Um, yeah. I mean, like I, yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, and, and I guess, and Denver just like sort of is the place to go if you're an end of career quarterback who wants to win one more. Um, so, although I guess there's no Von Miller this time, but, uh, if so, so obviously if Aaron Rodgers goes to, to Denver, that makes the Lions the favorite in the NFC North, right? No. No. <laughs> I mean, is it, is it the Bears? Um, uh, no, I think by default, it would be the, it would be the Vikings. Uh, and, and isn't that like, like, again, like when, when Tom Brady retired, like I, I asked the question, like, who is the best quarterback in the NFC South? And the, like, the answer is like, I don't know, Matt Ryan. So now we're, we're getting a, a point where it's like, who's the best quarterback in the NFC North? Kirk Cousins. It's not great. It's not what you want. I think it's, I think it's pretty clearly Kirk Cousins. I mean, your options are Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, uh, whoever green Bay puts in apparently uh, not Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff, which not great. Um, although I, I guess it could be Malik Willis, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the book on Malik Willis is that he's that he's not like ready to go from day one necessarily. So none of the quarterbacks. I don't, in I don't, I don't think that makes him, I don't think he's better from Kirk Cousins day one. His upside has a lot of range of outcomes be better than Kirk Cousins. I'm sure. <laughs> this is not a year I would want to be having to draft a quarterback no no this is this is not the year to 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 need a quarterback um but so so I think of the of the of the hires who who do you think is is the the most likely to be to be successful and who's the most likely to uh to fail out I'll, I'll I'll go to Nick um what do you think is like the the best and the worst here oh um hang on what what are all the 
once again. I guess, I guess, I guess Brian Dayball. You think he's going to be the, the best? Uh, with, with the Giants. Yeah, I think he's probably the smartest of all these coaches. And uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and like, isn't, isn't that like the, the, the key to the NFL coach surf? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, that division's horrible. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, what, nine and eight wins the NFC East in most years? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not like a Daniel Jones believer, but like the Giants owner even admitted, like, we've done everything to screw him up. So <laughs> we're finally get, we're giving him Brian Dayball. If, if this doesn't work, you know, nothing will. It's like sink or swim. It's time. <laughs> Like Daniel but Jones, if you if you can't win with Brian DeBall, you're not going to be the, co- the the quarterback next year. Um, I mean, but but that's the thing is that like the quarterbacks in that are what Jalen Hurts, um, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, and let's be honest, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, at Cheers. best, at best, a guy like Jimmy G or Carr or somebody. Yeah. So wait, you think you think Derek Carr is going to move on from uh from Vegas? No, not anymore after hiring um, McDaniels, I don't think. But I, you know, if they hired somebody else, maybe. I mean, we don't really know what they're doing. So it's still possible. His contract is super tradable. Like, there's no way anyone's, like, trading Cousins. Right. But, like, Carr could be traded easily. And I guess, like, if, if McDaniels wants to wants to throw this this year in the trash and start over with his own guys. But I don't know. Derek Carr, I, th- I think, took a lot of strides this year. Like, I actually, I think that he's a, a, a perfectly usable quarterback. Whereas prior to, like, two years ago, I would have said he's trash. Um, I think he's okay. He's fine. Like, I don't, I don't think he's, like, much better than Kirk Cousins. And, and, and like that's our our line of average. It's like, are you above the cousins line? <laughs> um. So so yeah. So I I think like that's like sort of like the carousel in a nutshell. It's like a whole bunch of fine. And uh, if 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 Nathaniel Hackett can bring Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos, I think like he's the winner. If he can't, then yeah. I mean Brian DeBall, Doug Peterson. Like I, I trust Doug Peterson to to get more out of Trevor Lawrence than than Urban Meyer, I guess, right? Like I, the I guess. Doug Peterson thing. The Doug Peterson thing. It's like that job stinks because Balky's yep. there. Like they, that job would be okay because you have Trevor Lawrence and like cap space or whatever and draft picks and stuff. Like it's not hopeless, but it is hopeless because you have Balky there, and then like, um. Who was other? Oh yeah, yeah, Denver. It's just a terrible draw because you you have to play Mahomes and Herbert twice a year, each. Like, right, that's brutal. Yeah, I mean it's 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 tough, but you you like, got to assume I'd much. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got to assume if you have Rodgers. I that, can't like... believe. I, I can't believe before moving on. I can't believe Peterson took the Jaguars' job. It, it's just such a bad franchise. And with Balky being there, as was just discussed, it just it's a recipe for failure. And I don't know that he's going to get another job after that. Like I really no. like Doug Peterson, and I, I feel like this is just like this is this is probably end of the road for him because I, I just don't see it turning out well. But the the crazy yeah, thing is. Um... Oh, I was just going to say, Trevor Lawrence is getting that that early career Matthew Stafford rollout with just fucking terrible management and coaches. Uh, but significant, like I, I, I like the the skill position talent in Jacksonville more than most teams that would have otherwise gone three and fourteen. I mean, you have conceptually two good running backs in Etienne and and Robinson. Um, you have three wide receivers I really like in in Jones, Chark, and and Chenault, and Laquan Treadwell's there as well. Um, well, Chark, hang on, hang on. Chark is a free yeah, agent. Chark, oh, Chark's Chark gone. And, and Jones is old, and we don't like Chenault anymore. So what are you talking about? <laughs> Wait, we don't like Chenault anymore. He stinks. What are we talking? I mean, what do you mean? I, I see my thing with is, is because I don't watch Jaguars games because why would I, my last, like the last time I thought about LaVisca Chenault was in, um, 
Boulder, Colorado, when he was like my favorite player in college football, because they had no idea how to, how to use him, but he was the best player in the PAC 12. And like, occasionally that'll happen. Um, so I haven't thought about LaVisca Chanel in, in the pros yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, he's just one of the most over, over drafted players in fantasy last year. So it was, it was a thing there. There was a big Visca hive and, uh, yeah, no. I thought you were going to say overdrafted in the actual NFL draft. And I was going to say, sir, sir, have, have you met Jalen Rieger? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, that was pretty bad. I mean, I love that video of the, the Vikings draft room on zoom when the Rager pick came in and they were just like laughing because they knew that meant that they were getting Jefferson. It's not what now, you want. Everybody remembers the Rieger pick, but every, but people forget the, uh, the Eagles also took JJ Arcega Whiteside over DK Metcalf. Before yeah. DK Metcalf. <laughs> right. So, you know, these, these are not, believe me, no one has forgotten. Record. Believe me. <laughs> DK Metcalf. I'm still having, no- I still have nightmares. He had more yards and more touchdowns in the Seahawks playoff win against the Eagles from a few years ago than Arcega Whiteside has in his like career. It's insane. Uh, yeah, it's just well, Andy Isabella was also drafted ahead of uh, Metcalf, I believe. That was that was one where um, where I remember like I remember when Isabella was was drafted. He was drafted by the Cardinals, and I was I was upset because I thought like, oh, Andy Isabella is is bill belichick's like guy how did how did that not happen and then like you saw like dk metcalf was still on the board and you're like wait a minute wait whoa, 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 whoa. this this was a funny pick where there are still serious wide receivers on the board what are, what are we doing here guys deontay johnson don't... was also on the board <laughs> oh, i just don't man. understand how everyone whiffed that one so badly because it wasn't like he was like not a hyped prospect coming out. Like he was very hyped and everybody was still like, nah. And we look back on it like what, four or five years later. And it's just like, Oh, he's exactly what we thought he was. Why the hell didn't anybody draft him earlier? Right. And it wasn't like a, like a Tyreek Hill thing where it's like, Oh, he dropped because of off field stuff that like makes people feel icky. Like DK Metcalf, like there wasn't anything, there was no smoke around him. Like he like definitely took impermissible benefits because he was on those Ole Miss teams that everybody was on the take, but like, I don't think the NFL cares about that. The chiefs also took Mecole Hardman one pick ahead of Arcega Whiteside. He stinks as well. That's true. People forget that. He's usable at least. Uh, Is he? Would we say that? Whiteside. I mean, Arcega Whiteside, I don't think he's still in the league next year. Like Hardman, yeah. I, I, I assume we'll, we'll, we'll be able to get a job. And, and Hardman was like, was a weird one because coming out of college, like I thought he was going to be good because he was a, a burner from Georgia and usually those work out. Um, Arcega Whiteside was just like a tall dude from Stanford, right? Like that was the book on him. Terry McLaurin yeah. also went like 10 picks after Deontay Johnson in this draft. Yikes. It's like they could have all those teams could have had Metcalf, Deontay, and McLaurin. Um, so so we want to say a special uh thank you to the Eagles for just not doing the research. <laughs> and again, like it's not like it's not like Jalen Rieger was like, oh, he he was a killer in college. You had to take him in front of Justin Jefferson. It was like, no, Jefferson was better. <laughs> You had yeah, to and played at like a real school. Yeah. <laughs> you had to explain away Jalen Rieger's lack of production in college. And you're like, oh, no, he's really good. It's just the quarterbacks were always re- really bad. Like, they just, you know, oh, there wasn't an offense that was suited for him. It's like, yeah, he didn't produce shit as a wide receiver at TCU. Like, come on. It, every. It's, it's that's like impossible. I could put up a thousand yards as a wide receiver at TCU. They're just chucking the ball all over the place. That's sort of what they do. Tim, um, do you think I could, I could produce a thousand yards at TCU? <laughs> I'm going to give you a, I'm going to say you can, you can put up 2000 at TCU. What? Wow. <laughs> uh, you hear that, Twigs? 
Uh, yeah, I, I heard that uh, over the, I think over the course of four years, you, you, you know, I, I think that as a senior, you could get 600 yards uh, in the big 12. Like I, I, I don't think 50 yards a game is outside of your reach as short as that reaches. Wait, hang on, hang on. I thought Tim meant 2000 in a year. Tim clarify. I'm going to give him 2000 in a year. I, I, I just think they're going to be chucking it all. Yes. Around. <laughs> yep. Yep. Let's go big. <laughs> um, and, uh, and actually, you know what? I, I do want to bring, bring us back to college just for a second, just talking about uh, chucking the ball around and 2000 yard receivers. Um, Order has been restored. Timmy Chang is the head coach of uh, Hawaii. So it's beautiful. It's great. So how how things should be. Um, you know, you always want a, a starting quarterback and hero to come back and be the head coach of your university because that means that everything will be stable and nothing bad will ever happen again. Uh, right, Angus? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Special thank you to our guests. Thank you for uh, for dropping by. You can find um, you can find Nick at Electric Snuff. Uh, he's on Twitter. He's uh, he's a good follow for uh, gambling and also for reminding you that the owners of uh, all sports don't care about you as a fan, so you don't have to care about them. Uh, you can find uh, Angus at Jayburger ninety. Uh, he's still on private mode. He shouldn't be. He's a coward. Um, Tim doesn't believe in the internet because um, Broad Street Wi Fi is. Eh. So you can't really find him, but uh, you can find all of us. Occasionally, Tim will be tweeting from the TLS underscore N underscore TDS account. Um, that's all of us. We are, uh, it's usually me, but um, other people tweet from it as well. So make sure to uh, to follow there. Uh, we don't have an Instagram. We're going to get that up and running just as soon as Broad Street gets Wi-Fi. Uh, special thank you to our sponsors, the Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Wire decided to put in. We really appreciate it. Uh, and please, uh, special thank you to you, the listener, please like subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your new coach, uh, be it, uh, offensive coordinator or not. Um, and, uh, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.